As an entrepreneur, you understand the importance of protecting your business. After all, you've worked so hard to build it. As a proud partner of Startup Canada, TrueShield Insurance understands the startup community's culture and that the insurance needs of every startup are as unique as the brilliant entrepreneurs behind them. Protect your startup with insurance starting from $29 per month. Visit trueshield.ca today. Underwritten by Northbridge General Insurance Corporation. Welcome to Startup Newsweek, your source for news affecting entrepreneurs in Canada. My name is Catherine Forrest and today is August 9th, 2016. In the news this week, the Canadian Entrepreneurship Institute, a Startup Canada program building entrepreneurial skills and ecosystem knowledge within government, announced it will host a series of expert lectures this fall and winter. This series will start August 18th with the chair of the Women's Enterprise Organizations of Canada delivering a seminar on scaling women entrepreneurship. Those interested in the intersection between policy, entrepreneurialism, and innovation are invited to register at www.startupgov.ca. A result of growing too fast too soon, Toronto's Influitive is reducing their staff by 19. As a lesson for scaling companies, Influitive's Vice President Jim Williams told BetaKit that for fast-growing startups, business plans need to be adjusted to ensure efficient growth for the long term. Canadian unicorn Hootsuite announced last week they are now cash flow positive after laying off 100 employees last year. Similar to Influitive, Hootsuite is managing growth with a focus on operations and profitability. As countries around the world cheer on athletes at the Summer Olympics in Rio, Startup Canada and UPS Canada are also urging Canadians to champion entrepreneurs and innovators as serious world-class contenders in the global marketplace. In an op-ed in the Financial Post last week, the organization said celebrating the stories of young Canadian companies will help more of them achieve a podium finish on the world stage. One of the most important parts of naming your new business is finding an available website name that works. Today's episode is brought to you by .ca. Join thousands of Canadian entrepreneurs who have chosen a .ca domain name for their business. Choose your .ca domain name at cira.ca forward slash startup today. Disruption, investment, work-life balance. Delving deep on the topics that matter most for entrepreneurs. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Season 2 of the Startup Canada Podcast Show. I'm your host, Rivers Corbett. Startup Canada Podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the rallying network uniting Canada's entrepreneurship community. And on this podcast, we connect you, the idea person, the startup founder, the creative thinker with the movers and shakers of Canadian entrepreneurship. Here on the show is where we fill you in on trends and opportunities and possibilities for your next step as an entrepreneur and where we have conversations about advancing entrepreneurship growth and success in Canada. Today's episode is brought to you by Intuit QuickBooks, your partner in building a financially fit and fundable business. Get 50% off, that's right, 50% off QuickBooks online today by visiting intuit.quickbooks.ca forward slash start right. Do any of our new listeners remember to subscribe to the Startup Canada podcast in the iTunes store, then visit Startup can.ca to join the network to connect to support 
mentors, training, funding, space, and to your local startup community. Ladies and gentlemen, look, I am real excited about my guest today. It's Randy Thompson. He's the founder and CEO of VA Angels, one of Canada's most active angel groups. VA Angels recently celebrated their 130th, that's 130, company funded for over $38 million in total investments, which includes deals in the U.S., the U.K., and Africa, and maybe coming to your hometown soon. Today, we're going to speak with Randy about the Calgary startup community, go inside the mind of an investor and learn the ins and outs of building a fundable and investment-ready business. Randy really is a true leader in the Canadian startup scene, is a member of the A100 and has fostered the community through years of mentorship. He's currently invested in 22 companies and has been working in the startup venture space for 20 plus years. You think you're busy. Randy has been named Angel of the Year in Canada by Startup Canada in 2014. And as an entrepreneur, he has been the founder or founding partner in four entities and is currently building Us Marketing Solutions, a platform for -for not-for-profits to raise money. Randy, great to have you on the show. Uh, Thanks for having me. I always love doing these kind of things. So it's great to talk to you. Yeah, it's fun. They're fun, aren't they? And particularly yeah. when you're when it's about your space, that's even better. Exactly. So, look, uh, in a recent uh, posted article, you wrote, "I'm a huge promoter of the multiple angel strategy." You know, why do you like that multiple angel strategy so much? Uh, great, great digging question. Um, you know, it's it's really interesting. I think as an entrepreneur, I think a lot of people look at the desperate need to raise capital right now and they're not too worried about what the strategy costs them when they go to raise money they just need a hundred grand they got to pay some bills we'll we'll fix we'll fix the strategy later and i think uh, one of the biggest things i learned when i moved from being an entrepreneur to an investor was the strategy is actually everything um i found a lot of the deals that i saw die they didn't die because they weren't awesome startups and they weren't awesome ideas. They had horrible cap tables. They raised too much money too early. Uh, they didn't use VCs properly, et cetera, et cetera. So over the years, I think we've all been kind of taught that the VC model is, you know, keep your, keep your cap table pretty tidy. Uh, try to get two or three angels in, go grab a couple of VCs and run what I call the model. Um, the model is, if you look at most people, it's not my model. I can pretty much find it anywhere on, on Google. Most companies are going to raise capital uh, six times before they get to exit. And of course, less if, uh, if you're not mm. successful. And quite frankly, uh, Canadian companies love to sell long before that. We can probably talk about that later. Mm-hmm. But you know, going to your point, I, I'm a bigger fan of having more angels. Because I think what happens is in the model where people say, you know, don't have a ton of angels, don't have a ton of VCs, the expectation is that you, you kind of never fail and you run the model properly. You always are accelerating your growth and your investors stay happy with you. Um, I also believe that's why they've, uh, they have the term unicorns now because uh, unicorns and uh, rainbows and uh, fairies is a nice place to live, but uh, real life can actually really suck as, as an entrepreneur. Yeah. And 
I'm a big fan of uh, multiple angels, multiple VCs as a plan A, plan B, plan C. Cool. Very, very cool. Well, on that note, you funded over 100 startups from yeah. uh, the West entrepreneurship community. And I'm going to ask you, how come you're not doing it in the East? Just out of curiosity, that's where I'm hanging my hat. And uh, But there's, you know, there's strategy, as you just referenced. So we're going to talk about that. I'm, I'm really curious in that. Um, but, uh, you know, can you tell us about some of the cool opportunities you've invested in? And, uh, you know, what are their key similarities be- between the successful startups? Huh. I, the, the part B of that question is the one that scares me the most. I, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if there was a formula for this thing, we'd, yeah. all, we'd all be doing it, eh? <laughs> Good question. Scratch that question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you the secret formula on how to make $100 million in seven Chatelaine steps, right? <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, it starts with um, Katie Lang, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the 130, um, you know, I have to tell you, I guess part of the, the reason I got into the formal angel space was not because I was a tech investor. I actually started out as a community development guy when I was in politics. I was the chief of staff for the technology minister, and it was all about diversifying the Alberta economy. Everybody loves to mock us openly for that uh, every time we say that because we all know what the economy is out here. Um, and you know, I, I became a ardent supporter of that thought that there's people that have skills outside of oil and gas and you know, how do we promote that? So that's where I started. And then when I became an entrepreneur, it was literally over a beer where uh, my best friend, uh, he's, he's been successful a couple of times. I'm going to give a shout out to Lonnie McLean, but, um, cool. you know, it was pretty much over a beer. We said we should start a company. Yeah. And, you know, everything I learned and being the tech development guy to being a, a startup founder in the mid '90s in Alberta, building a internet service provider, it was it was hell. I bet I it was internet. What's that, right? Yeah. Well, that it, so and again, try to raise money from a bunch of what I, I affectionately call them belt buckles, right? <laughs> uh, you know, they they were doing they were doing close to a billion bucks using fax machines, yeah. and so. Lonnie and I go in and do a demo to a bunch of these guys and we're showing them a monochrome monochrome screen with a flashing icon and we're typing in Elm, Pine and NN News. Like we were so early in the internet, Netscape didn't even exist. (laughs) (laughs) And we're trying to convince these guys that this is how they're going to communicate in the future and they should give us money. Like it was kind of a joke when you look back at it. It'd be great TV. When you think, I always say it would be kind of interesting on that same analogy to be the first fax machine guy to driving in there and saying, okay, this is what's going to happen. Trust me, there's going to be lots of these around at some point. That's really what you were at. Trust me, it's going to be useful. Trust me, there's going to be a lot of this going on. And they're in the fax machines. You got it. And and even worse, you got two guys that basically have a BA and uh, political science, economics, and English lit (laughs) trying to convince you that this new technology. It's going to be awesome. And by the way, both of these guys don't look like they can shave. So, yeah, you know, yeah. Was, you, had, you didn't have a belt buckle, did you? No, I didn't have <laughs> the belt buckle. <laughs> so, it, you know, I think, I think passion for what we did in the angel space in Western Canada came out of my own experience about being humiliated uh, multiple times for five years. Mm, mm. Very, very cool. Uh, well, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's that uh, a period of that 
many people don't get to see this, that iceberg thing. You know, the, what wow. happens below the surface is you never get to see that. So, um, you know, okay, so let's take you from that time period to, to now. And, you know, actually, I'd, I kind of like to focus in on now, given the, 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 the drastic changes that are happening in, uh, in Alberta. You know, are you seeing any trends starting to emerge because of the economic situation that uh, is, is, is just, I mean, it's just incredibly bad news, uh, but it's reality. And so are there trends coming out of this that are good news stories that you're seeing? Well, I'm probably uh, the, the wrong guy, the National Post or the Globe and Mail want to interview because I'm actually going to tell them everything's okay out here. And of course, anybody from Alberta is probably wincing as they hear that. But again, <laughs> our, our group of angels. I mean, one of the things we have a rule about was we don't do oil and gas and real estate because um, there's a great line in an old, old movie. So I'm showing my age where Paul Newman says to Tom uh, Cruise in that power of money, if you walk into a room and you don't know who the mark is, it's probably you. Yeah. And that, that would be our group. I mean, if, if we're all tech guys or logistics or food and somebody comes in to pitch an oil deal, and all the oil guys have passed on doing that deal, it's just a bad place for us to be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, for the last 15 years, we've been pretty much doing every deal in Western Canada that is not oil and gas and real estate. And so, you know, we're just coming to the end of 2015, Rivers, and we did 31 deals last year. That's the most we've ever done. That's incredible. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to tell a guy like that that, you know, things aren't okay here. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I was talking to a gentleman the, uh, the other day about funding for, you know, the startup, uh, the, the, that, that beginning stage part of business. And he says, I'm going to drop a bomb here. He says, there's tons of freaking money out there. <laughs> and, and, he, and he says, stop whining about it. Just go get it. And that's exactly what you're saying. There's tons of opportunity out there. You know, and actually that was my biggest learning about moving from an entrepreneur to an investor. Money is the easiest part of business. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for a soundbite today, that's the one. Money is the easiest part of business. Yeah. And that was a shocker to me. When we see a deal that is so hot and so good, people are throwing money at it. And when you're pitching a deal and nobody's dying to write you a check, uh, the street is kind of telling you what they think. Mm-hmm. And I just got back from a week in Nepal and we're doing some ecosystem building in some some of the other countries in the world. And they had a great saying. They said, Nepal is broke. Nepalese are not broke. Mm. And the fact that, you know, you've got a private economy with angel investors and VCs and people who've got daddy's capital from two generations ago, whatever it is is very different than a public sector economy where the government can't run its way out of a paper bag. I'm not saying that's what's going on in Alberta. It was interesting to go into what we would call an emerging economy and then to tell me the same thing. Money is the easiest part of what's going on around here. But just don't just don't show us a crappy deal. Yeah. You know, if we weren't on radio, I'd use a different word. No, you can you can say shitty too if you want to oh, say awesome. that. That okay, word works too. Yeah. 
<laughs> Sorry, let's dive into community building. And uh, you're uh, you're obviously a fan of Startup Canada and what they're doing and all that kind of wondrous stuff. But, uh, you know, you've built strong entrepreneurship communities yourself. And can you describe your role as a community builder and uh, and, and some of those impacts that uh, that you and, and look, you're, I've, I'm just meeting you for the first time today, but I'm, I'm smart enough to know that you understand it's a team effort. It isn't just about Randy, but uh, obviously they need a leader. So can you talk about your role as the leader in the impact that those have made, that leadership has made? I just wrote an article on this for International, and I was looking back at what we've done over the last 15 years. And I realized at that point, man, you're such a small cog in that wheel. And, you know, there's lots of books out there now. And, you know, Brad Feld, of course, everyone uh, talks about him. And each... Mm -hmm community where you know startup canada has gone in we know who the person is starting the startup edmonton startup calgary or startup okanagan like those those people are hugely important to it but you know that's one role the universities are too like i i did a, a stint as a entrepreneur in residence in a polytechnic so you have universities you got accelerators you've got incubators they all have have to be part of that right Mm-hmm. I, I just felt at the time that the entrepreneur thing was the easy part where I lived. You know, this is 2002, 2004. And it was the investor piece that needed to be brought into that. Um, I think a lot of the philosophy I see uh, through the, the Felds and the startup community or startup movement is that entrepreneur is the most important piece to that movement. I don't, I don't disagree with that. But entrepreneurship is just a chance to get together and talk about what you're trying to do without having some gas in the tank and, and the investors in the gas in the tank. So that was that was my angle on it. Was I looked around Alberta and I felt there was no tech investors, and I found out I was wrong. I mean, yeah, I planted a flag and I put a group together, but there was you know there was other groups like Deal Generator. Um, the A100 is, you know, considered a group of investors. And I think a healthy ecosystem probably has four or five VA angels in it. So that if you come in and you suck at my group on a Tuesday morning, uh, for whatever reason, something bad happened to you personally the night before and you're, you're off, um, you know, it's not like Dragon's Den. It shouldn't be anyway where you get one shot at pitching for money. And if you screw it up, you're done. That's not healthy. And so... That's really been my focus is is that one cog in the wheel that surrounds capital and capital development and giving entrepreneurs the best chance to raise capital. That that last sentence is my passion is giving entrepreneurs the, the best chance to raise capital. That's that's the focus. We haven't talked about your journey as an entrepreneur before you turned into uh, the the great investor that you are now. So. Can you share with us a bit of that story? Because I'm, I'm hearing a lot of that as a theme, and, and, and I've been fortunate enough to talk to a lot of cool people across the country, including yourself. But how do you, you know, tell us your entrepreneur's story before you decided to, now's the time to switch gears, do the pivot to, uh, to, to the, be the investor. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'd love to tell you I was brilliant at it, and I was amazing. Um, but, you know, I had a, I hit, I hit a double with uh, with my internet company, I hit a single with another deal, and I've had two epic failures. Right? I, uh-huh. I, I think um, I think I have to be blunt. Uh, building VA back up to the number of employees, the number of deals we've done is actually you know, count that as a startup. But 
uh, I've been much more successful on this side of the fence than I was on the other. And I think uh, starting to be generous over uh, right now and, and working through that iteration over the last couple of years has actually been my way of saying, okay, have I learned enough as an investor to go back and actually be a better entrepreneur? And I think the answer is, you know, as you said at the beginning, what's the formula? I found out, oh shit, there's no formula. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> a custom build. Um, everything gets screwed up by personalities, by the wrong investors, lousy customers, great customers, lucky timing. Um, <laughs> these are these are things you just can't create a formula around. And um, so, as much as I have a passion for being an entrepreneur. My ADD sometimes kicks in, and I'm trying to do 14 things at the same time. Yeah, um, squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. I'm that guy. I'm yeah. so that guy. Everybody on that. Everybody listening to this interview is going, "Yeah, you know this guy. That's that guy." Um, <laughs> uh, you know, some of the great entrepreneurs I've met, their focus is so incredible. Their attention to detail is spectacular. Their ability to work with no sleep is epic. And their, uh, their team building, uh, uh, capabilities, like the ability to pack the ego and build teams is spectacular. Um, you know, I, I think I've got elements of that, but I'm not, I'm not the epic, uh, go, do, go do it three times and, you know, have, have $75 million exits every time. But quite frankly, what I'm finding out about all of the community is we're all that. We can't, we can't be all those people. Those, those right are spectacular on. entrepreneurs, and we celebrate those guys. Yeah. Well, and it's it's an excellent point you talk about the doubles. Uh, yeah. Because you can still have nice wins with those doubles, uh, and we don't talk about that enough uh, in our in our in our discussions about the entrepreneurial story. Um, it's either a home run, a grand slam, or or we don't want to talk about it. But the doubles are, I mean, the doubles are where so many people are hanging out right now, and we need to celebrate those guys and gals. So uh, I appreciate you that uh, bringing that piece up. And but let's let's talk about one of your newer uh, focuses um, and uh, I, I think it's your newer one on fundraising through uh, for nonprofits through be generous love the name can you tell yeah. us what this platform is all about well again I, I got to a place a couple of years ago and again really appreciated startup Canada you know, giving me the award um, you know we'd hit a hundred deals we'd put 35 million at that time into the ecosystem I was pretty excited about that and just, I think a personal journey of mine was to say, wouldn't it be amazing if I could do the same number on the not-for-profit side? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when I, when I'm saying about not-for-profit, I, I, I want to be crystal clear that you know, Be Generous is a for-profit company. Yes. Um, we, uh, in fact, I'm probably one of the most, like, welcome to Alberta, right? Uh, by the way, I, I was born in Vancouver, but I don't think it matters. The redneck uh, streak uh, always comes up. So, um, I, I think, you know, sometimes we get um, not focused on sustainability and not-for-profit sector. And it's a, it's a passion of mine to, to bring business principles and yes. corporate governance into the not-for-profit sector. Yeah, I hate that so, word nonprofit. It, for, first of all, too. it just creates a sense of begging for yeah, some reason. It, yeah, it does. It's um, it's a non it's non commercial activity. Maybe I don't know what it is. We don't, mm. We're not going to come up with it today. But no. so, but there's what be generous was was an opportunity. Um, a couple of founders came to me and said they thought they'd taken it as far as they could. 
it was a perfect opportunity for me because um, of the number of people I meet in a week. Um, it was just easy to plug you know, customers into this platform while I'll carry on the lifestyle I have of just meeting people. And so the, the platform basically lets not-for-profits do the three things they do, which is they go door-to-door shilling products like chocolates or popcorn or cookies. Mm-hmm. They ask Uncle Tom just to buy a ticket to go to an event. And then third is Uncle Tom always says, oh, screw that. Just what's the size of the check? So the platform basically does those three things. It allows people to you know, sell products, sell tickets to their events, or take direct donations. So it's it's like a fundraiser's, a fundraising coordinator. Uh, it's their best tool. It's an online tool. And then they get all the e-commerce product uh, tools right there so they can take money on the spot, which is another big problem for volunteer not-for-profits. Right you know how many? Yeah, you know how many hockey moms have a brown envelope with twenty dollars bills, and then the accountant just <laughs> end up matching it. Yeah. That's basically the problem. Be generous to solve them. And is it a um, is it a, a a mobile platform also? Is there a quote unquote app to go with it? We're not focused on there yet. Um, I think one of the things you know th- these are the challenges I'd love uh, for people to say. What did you learn as an investor going back into a startup? I took some bad habits with me of all things. Um, you know, I took, I took the fear of spending too much money in the startup phase and, you know, having that age old wrestle, when do you, when do you open up the spigot? When do you, when do you take in so much money and, and test things, right? Um, like everybody else doing internet platforms. I'm a huge fan of, of the current lean startup methodology, which is go find customers first. Right. And then you can do build. So right now I wanted to prove it in the web environment. You know, it's, it's so but what we found uh, is that that, that allowed us still to do uh, like a, a tablet platform. So you can imagine the boy scouts are going door to door with a tablet with our e-commerce engine open, taking credit cards at the door. That's that, that's what we've solved for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, three year old, three year old startup. If people want to think that, uh, uh, we do everything well overnight. I mean, I've learned a ton. A lot of the stuff we had in the pilot test didn't transfer. I've gone through my fourth technical team. Some of our customers uh, didn't use the platform the way we thought, so we had to migrate the platform. I'm going to tell you, if, if everybody thinks that there's a formula and I'm running the formula, I got news for you. I, I've been beaten, and I've, I've become more human and less investor. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> and how are you enjoying it? How does it sound like I'm enjoying it? (laughs) (laughs) You went back to being an entrepreneur again. You should have stuck to the investor side. (laughs) And and it's so funny because, of course, things at the VA Angel side are just taking off. We we, uh, we find so many people are uh, wanting to be in angels right now. Mark Suster has an article that he says, uh, you know, he's got this tag. It's called Everybody Wants to Be an an Effing Angel. Uh, You can look it up at uh, both sides of the table. I think that's true. Everybody, you know, so we're getting more and more people are trying to get in and be part of the angel thing. So we created a, re- a fund where the unit size is $10,000 to get into the fund. Right. Uh, we've got, uh, we're now working with Angel Research Institute and the Kauffman Foundation. And I love doing a weekend boot camp for entrepreneurs. And now we're doing it all over North America. And we've done it in five countries so far. Like 
of course, the big tent all goes up at the same time. While I, I swore to my team three years ago, oh, I totally want to get out of this investor thing and go back to my roots. And it's funny how the vortex of life can steal you in other ways. So, you know, a lot of the things that the VA is just going so huge right now, it's spectacular. Well, that's great. I um, was told this, uh, I interviewed the the founder of Just for Laughs the other day. And <laughs> great guy. <laughs> yeah, oh really, really, oh. really effing great guy. <laughs> and, and, uh, exactly. And, and, and just you talking about the, 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 you know, life and so on. And he said, and he, he told me this, this, this saying, and I told a couple of buddies of mine afterwards, it, and they said, yeah, we've heard that a gazillion times. The first time I ever heard it, and it was like, you want to make God laugh, tell him your life plans. <laughs> You know, <laughs> and that's what you're saying. Hey, that's you funny. Yeah, yeah, it no, is funny. So yeah, it is so, so true. true. You know, I just, you know, to be trite for a second. I mean, the one thing I just learned uh, doing it, doing it again was, you know, uh, there is no formula, right? There's, no. there's just certain basic principles of, of, you know, integrity that you bring into a startup. Um, the other thing I found is that, uh, you know, people say, what's the most important thing you can do as an entrepreneur? That's always the question, right? Mm-hmm. And oh, just I, a second while I scratch that one out of my script. <laughs> 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 Who put that question out there? What a stupid question. He gets that asked all the time. <laughs> oh, totally. But, you know, uh, I, I actually look him in the eye and I say, here's the answer. Here it is, kids. Stay alive. Yeah, here it is, kids. I love it. There, there's no other there's no other trick your job is to stay alive right. stop reading all the shit um you know the difference well, one of the things i talked to victoria and startup canada about is i think that the analogy of you know these these base jumpers now right and you can just imagine a bunch of guys from canada they get in their gtj and they got the little sticker i'm a base jumper right and they go to the base jumper convention at grand canyon and they have a big party friday and they all gather at the edge of the rim on 6.30 a.m. to start base jumping. And what ends up happening, and I see this a lot in the startup movement in Canada, is thousands of people are there at the edge of the cliff, and then only eight people jump, and we all cheer for them. Mm. And mm. right now, there's a real sifting of real entrepreneurs from those who want to talk about it and be part of the movement. Um, I have to be candid. I just want to hang out with the base jumpers. Because yeah. it is so scary. It is put your life on the line. It is figure out a way to get to payroll next Friday. Uh, don't. There's no model. I tell you, there's six times you raise capital. That's true. Uh, there's the the perfect amount of uh, what your uh, valuation supposed to be. Oh, by the way, funny thing is we're having this interview in the third week of uh, February. 2016 already three weeks ago the valuations have dropped by two million so whatever we told you two weeks ago is actually now not true um it it really is the separation between theory and reality is is just such it's just something you you don't even understand until you become a true entrepreneur and i believe the first day you become a true entrepreneur is when on friday you've got four four uh, paychecks to sign yeah what you said something very interesting about the base jumpers, <laughs> and uh, and I I uh, my I'm 52 years old, so I didn't, I'm sensing you're around that uh, that that time period. And, 
day that's last by 365 days of yours a week ago. So perfect. <laughs> so <laughs> the you mentioned about cheering the base jumpers. Mm-hmm. And I don't think cheering the base jumpers was really prevalent back in the days of Paul Newman and Tom Cruise happening. Do you find it's happening more and more and more that the fault, there's more and more people want to cheer for the base jumpers. And if you do find that, why is that happening? That's, that's a great observation. Isn't that funny? Mm. I mean, I remember in, it was the 1993. So some of you are going, I wasn't even born then. That's when, that's when we were right in the middle of Alberta Supernet, Lonnie and I. And you know what? There was 11 other guys in Edmonton at the time. I was up there mainly. And um, 11 other guys. We could fit us all in a room around our banker. It was the same banker at TD Canada Trust. You know, there was... There was the guys at Bioware. There was uh, there was uh, Randy Marsden who sold Swipe to Apple. There was myself. There was uh, Bruce Alton. I mean, I could name the fifteen guys. It doesn't matter. It's the point is you could stick fifteen guys, and that was called the uh, tech economy in a, in a single room, right? <laughs> That's it. That's yeah. it. There it is. Yeah. It's in that room right over there. There you go. And by the way, thank goodness because three years ago we used to meet in the back of a VW Beetle, right? So at least it's growing. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> oh, I, I think that's an, an epic change in 15 years I mean, yeah. at, or 20 years. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that is a spectacular thing that we've actually recognized entrepreneurship. It's now okay to actually go through university and take that. It's now okay to tell your parents you don't want a real job, that you're actually going to go start something. Um, these are, these are really good fundamental shifts in a, in a mindset that we shouldn't discourage. But um, just noticing the difference between being a supporter, a community development person, um, a group therapy thing, an accelerator, an incubator, understanding that you're an entrepreneur supporter and not an entrepreneur Mm-hmm. is really different. I mean, I've gone into law offices and they all go, oh yeah, I'm entrepreneurial too. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. I'd like to know the last time you went uh, two weeks without a paycheck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then we can talk. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, or you said to your client, you know what? I think you should take that risk. Yeah. Lawyers <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> I got yeah. We, you know, it's sad about it, and I know there's going to be from. I'm from New Brunswick, and we've got our we've got a, a new premier here. He's a lawyer, and he put himself in charge of the innovation department. There you go. That's what we've That's got. Brilliant. Yeah, isn't that just a great <laughs> move? Great move. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so uh, I digress because I can, no, I guess. But, but uh, I, think, I think what you bring up is hugely important. That 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 Titanic or the tectonic shift, not Titanic, um, is is really. It's a good shift, um, and I, I firmly believe this in economies around the world that uh, United Nations aid is not going to save people. I believe entrepreneurship will. I believe that when yep. people get uh, freedom, I believe when they get to basically pay their own bills, I get. I believe that when they become self-made and they can hire twenty people, that's what's going to save some mm-hmm. of these emerging economies. And quite frankly, mm-hmm. it's what's going to save Canada. It's what's going to save Canada, Alberta. 
Yep. Yep. There's a small manufacturing company in Northern part of uh, New Brunswick. And anyway, they were sold to a European company and the whole group, make a long story short, the whole employee base, there are 250 of them were all scared they were going to lose their jobs rather than saying, you know, it's okay. I've been taught how to look after myself for a while while I get my feet back on the ground. Not yeah. the way at all. It's uh, And you're right. That's exactly how these uh, how things are going to be saved. I, uh, uh, you and I are kindred spirits on that one, my friend. Let me ask you this question um, about uh, high growth opportunities. And I know mm-hmm. you just went through it. There's no model and all that kind of stuff. But there comes a point when Randy and his team say – I'm going to put some money down on that opportunity because I think that's got high growth to it. Is there uh, is there words of wisdom that you can impart upon this group? This, this is a national podcast right across the country. And I know you don't come across, I know you don't come to the East Coast to invest in. <laughs> but we're going to try to change that, by the way. Hey, we've got four deals. Uh, we're in four deals in Halifax. Nice. Yeah. I, I love used it. to joke we're the second largest uh, angel group in uh, Nova Scotia for a while there. So Yeah, and you are actually. Actually, you're probably bigger than First Angels. They only uh, do they, they do a deal a year, so we're you know we're still way behind. Yeah, that. exactly. <laughs> anyway, um, they're good people. Yep. No Ross and Brian, pretty good. <laughs> you got me off topic here. I can't remember what I was going to ask you. Now. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the high growth, high growth opportunities. What's the what's the thing that that ultimately not one of the thing, but what are some elements you say, man? That's that's a high growth up potential. I I like that. I want to check more about that. Well, you know, I, 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 am going to try not to say the name of the company, but last year, um, and everybody in my group always uh, comments because it's the one that got away and I keep bringing it up. Um, you know, a company came in, uh, from the middle of the country. So middle of the country is broad. So you still don't know where it's from. People and, in Toronto know. <laughs> See, in Toronto, they think they are the middle of the country. That's right. That's my point. <laughs> we love you, Toronto. We love there, you, Toronto. That was, that was an Alberta shot. There you go. Yeah. You have one, one in. Um, so they came in. They had raised no money, like no outside money. They, they'd totally done it on founder's cash and just bootstrap. Mm-hmm. They had gotten to a place of multi-millions of dollars going through their engine. And even though that the uh, amount of money that was going through the engine, the rounding errors, what was staying in the company, the the revenue growth month over month was spectacular. Now, even that company, not everybody in our group was dying to get in. Mm. They were trying to raise 150,000 at the time. And we had had signups for probably three times that amount. But my point is, they probably pitched to um, 75 investors and there was only 11 that actually followed up because all the things about, well, these guys don't know what they're doing. They've, they're, they're too young. They've never scaled. There's nobody with any business experience. They don't have a board of directors. They don't even have a minute book. Um, there was no, there was no business infrastructure there. So some of the angels said they're not going in. The other angels went, oh my gosh, the revenue is just stupid. I was one of them. I love customers. So that's like, if you're ever mm-hmm. trying to hit my soft underbelly as an investor, show me a really awesome customer and I lose my mind. Um, so, you know, I was chasing these guys. My point is, is high growth means something different to each investor. And quite frankly, it means something different to each venture capitalist too. Mm-hmm. A lot of VCs would throw money at that deal because the customers were awesome. A lot of VCs would not have thrown money at the deal 
because the two young guys had no clue what they were doing. Mm. And it's not a one size fit all. Like I always, I do an exercise now where I say, imagine you have $10 million and imagine I pitch a deal to you. Tell me the six things you want me to tell you that gets you all, you know, hot and bothered about doing my deal. That six things is usually different for each individual. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And it's as, as, as much as you didn't answer the question, you <laughs> did answer the question. And, uh, I think it's a, it's a, it's a fair point. Understand your customer who you're pitching to and, uh, and, uh, and try to try to connect with their, what their hot buttons are for sure. Well, Randy, uh, like a week ago on and on and on. And I, um, I really appreciate your time, but, uh, we want to give you the last word, my friend, are there any last, uh, words of thoughts, uh, as we close off this, uh, this great conversation? Yeah, actually there's probably one. Um, my worst failing as an entrepreneur was the day that, uh, my internet company was growing 35% a month and we've been doing it for 14 months. We had no bank financing. I had 17 employees. None of them were over the age of 25 except myself and, and my partner. And I was sitting in the room with, at that time, the president of ITAC Canada out of Toronto. He'd come out to see me. And he said, boy, is there anything you need? And I said, I would love if the chairman of Rogers would teach me how to actually do billing and run a phone company. Because really, I didn't know this, but that's what I'm doing. And I seem to have trouble collecting money. And he was already reached over. And you and I remember these old rotary phones, but mm-hmm. he was punching in one, four, one, six. And I totally knew what he was doing. I totally forgot that he knew at that time the chairman of Rogers. I reached over and I hit the little, you guys don't know these things. There's a little plunger that can, can stop a phone call. <laughs> I know it. technology. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Half the people listening are going, what are they talking about? Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I, I said, what are you doing? And he said, look, you have no idea where this person is at. And um, he may be in, he may be super engaged in mentoring young people. He may be looking for new opportunities, not large corporate. He may want to move to Western Canada. And he might say no, because he's two young bozos under the age of 30 living in Edmonton. He's not interested in, but why don't we make the call? I guess for everybody on there, I think that a mentor would have changed my double at Alberta Supernet. We sold it for under under 10. I'm not mm-hmm. going to give you that number. But I sold my internet company in 1996. What a stupid idiot. And I sold it not because we wanted to, but we needed a million dollars of funding. And we got a great offer to exit. And we, th- we didn't actually believe but in our own Kool-Aid that we could raise the million. Mm-hmm. If I raised that million and sold in 1999, I believe my exit would have been 10 times that. Wow. I firmly believe it wasn't capital that stopped me from that exit. I firmly believe the two mentors, two guys with gray hairs and business experience and a board of directors probably could have saved my life. So yeah. you need a mentor before you need money. And I encourage everyone to go find two good ones. And you know what? They want to help. They do. I, yeah. Like I'm looking now, if that same group of guys had called me, and, you know, because now the ages are reserved first. I totally would have taken that call. I totally would have added them to the other 38 people I'm already mentoring. We mentioned the ATT. Mm-hmm. Um, I just firmly believe that if you're in the entrepreneur ecosystem, it's all about pay it forward. We're all in. We're all in this life raft together. And I, I just think my my group and I, it's our group. I mean, sure. I just happen to be a member who likes the microphone. 
I can't think of any of the 135 members that we've got that wouldn't rather actually give you 10 hours of time than 50,000 bucks. They'll give you the 50 when you're ready for it, but the mentoring is just, you have no idea how valuable that is. Mm, brilliant, man. Brilliant. Wow. This has been Randy Thompson, founder and CEO of VA Angels on successful venture capitalism, building successful startups, and even a journey into the past about uh, about rotary dial phones, which thank you for that, by the way. I appreciate that. I have got good memories of that. Randy, it's been a real pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you so, so much. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us today on the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly program dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every Canadian. Want access to even more amazing entrepreneur content? Well, then make sure you check out startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like the popular online training events, startup chats, and startup school. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash events for more details. And my name is Rivers Corbett. I'm your host. As always, I invite you to follow me on Twitter at Rivers Corbett. I do the same thing with conveying all kinds of cool ideas and uh, conversations with entrepreneurs around the planet to help you guys have super success. And also, I'm pleased to introduce my newest business venture, Coaching by Rockstars. That's www.coachingbyrockstars.com, where I am building an amazing team of business coaches to help entrepreneurs around the planet. If you've got an interest in that, come and check us out. Until next week, I'm Rivers Corbett, leaving you now with a sneak peek of next week's episode. But from a diversity perspective, that seems to be, you know, working here. And you just said the stats with Australia and so on. How how do you see the uh, the focus, the position of women in the economy growing, evolving globally uh, in entrepreneurship? We can specifically keep focusing on that. And what does that mean for Canada? Yeah, so we talk about diversification of our economy and uh, the need to uh, become more productive. Those are themes that have, have been throughout the entire working career that I've had. Um, and a key t- or critical piece of that is is diversity of participation. So you mentioned Indigenous entrepreneurship, um, new Canadian entrepreneurship, women entrepreneurship. These are all really important factors to be able to feed into creating companies that have a different viewpoint. Um, so we see this a lot in the number. Of, we see about two to three thousand women a year through one of our programs, and uh, during the course of that, we see trends like um, having more of a focus on something with a social output, um, mm-hmm. or uh, we see that many women-owned businesses have uh, high participation of women in their leadership teams. Um, they often have um, higher participation of employment uh, from other uh, underrepresented groups in the general uh, mainstream So it's really interesting that um, social purpose becomes a very, very important um, outcome of uh, businesses that are run by diverse populations. And I think that that is is a key to diversifying the economy because you need those diverse voices around the the table that, that view a problem differently and come up with different ways of solving it. 